What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? You know, today I want to, you know, highlight you a little bit about, um, you know, something I was talking with my father about actually over the weekend. Um, me and my father had took a trip um, just to Arlington. You know, he always likes the Dallas Cowboys. That's been his favorite team ever since I've been a little kid. Um, he's still a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. And, um, you know, so... Me and my dad went to a Dallas game. It was his first time going to one. You know, we um, you know stayed at the you know hotel that's right by the stadium, and um, you know I, I you know got my dad some fifty uh, yard line tickets, and you know he just really enjoyed himself. He was so happy, and uh, that, that was that was just happy for me to see that he was happy, right? Because um, you know we we need to spend more time with with, with especially our, us brothers, you know, with our dads, man. You know, what I mean because. Fathers and sons, you know, we need to make sure that we keep those relationships going because, you know, in our community, everything has been against, you know, the dads. But, you know, while I was talking to my dad, you know, we got to talking about definitely politics. And so when I was talking to my dad about, you know, what happened in the black community, like when when was the breakdown? Um, why are we at where we at today? So. I asked him, I said, listen, you know, when you was a kid, how, how was it with ownership of us, you know, things in our community? And he explained to me that when he was a kid, it was basically all black everything. Um, he said the grocery store is owned by black people. You know, he, um, he said, of course, you go to a school that's ran and controlled by black people. Um, everywhere you go, everything was black owned. Okay. You look at today and it's hard to find that, you know, as black people, we, you know, are so insulated with everyone else that we hardly, we have to make an effort to go find something black owned, right? It's like white folks, white folks don't have to go find white owned businesses because everything is mostly white owned businesses, right? So I asked him, well, when was the breakdown? Like, can you give me some years? Like what, when it happened? And he told me that he noticed the breakdown in the community. It happened around the, he said the early seventies, he said around between 70, he said maybe like 73, 74. He said he noticed the change in the, in the community. He said, he started noticing, you know, the, the, the breakups of the families was happening a lot more than we never seen that before. He said the welfare came in, which really changed some things when the welfare came in. And it makes sense because when the welfare came in, it removed the natural need of a woman for a man because now daddy government is coming in and supplanting the man and also in the early seventies, we had a mass exodus of manufacturing out of the United States of America, which a lot of black men did go get those jobs. You know, some, a lot of people worked, um, you know, especially a city like Detroit, Detroit was big on manufacturing and they shipped out all those jobs to China and Vietnam and all these Asian countries where those poor people would do those jobs for like a dollar to a day versus when you had to pay, you know, people actually a decent wage. So my dad also pointed out, he said that when, you know, when they started giving, you know, all the, um, you know, the food stamps, cause that's what, that was never uh, happened before. Um, he said the section eight, you know, that's something they never had before. 
He also talked about the uh, no fault divorce. He said that really also did a number at the same time. Because now you're just getting out of relationships just for any little thing. You're not sticking together anymore. The man is being supplanted by, you know, the U S government. But we know the Moynihan report came out a little bit before all that happened because, you know, they took a lot of losses during the civil rights movement. Now I asked him about integration and he clearly said to me that integration was definitely, definitely harmed the black community. He said even maybe in more than even the other things that we just talked about. And I say, well, why is that? He said that when they went for integration, he said, and I understand kind of why they did it. He said, because at that time period, he said like we would get secondhand everything. He said, so if there's some new school books and some new, whatever you say, white folks would get all that. We would get it, you know, when it's old or we may not even get it at all. So he was saying during the civil rights movement outside of the way we was treated, he said the way they thought was, well, if we can get a quality education and we can be on the same equal playing field in the area of education, we can get the same resources, then, you know, things would be better, you know, for black people. We could fight and get affirmative action and things like that. Things would be better for black people. Um, I will not say all the, the, the things of the civil rights movement was bad. Let's call it what it is. A person like myself and many others who have been, you know, have seen some form of success. We would have never had this if it was not for those brothers and sisters during that time period. So I do not want to just, you know, discredit everything those brothers and sisters did during the civil rights movement. You know, they went through a lot. Okay. A lot of them had did not see a life that I'm living today. And many of you are living today. You know, they, they suffered a lot, struggled a lot. And I will never take that away from my brothers and sisters who fought for us to have some sort of freedom. But at the same time, he was saying that integration, he said, really just hurt black America. He said, because with integration, everybody just kind of start going toward the white folks and going to their businesses and going here. He said, when, before we lived our lives without, you know, any help from white people, he said, we did our own school. We did our own everything our own movie theaters, our own hotels. We did everything on our own. And he said that that was when we really lost ourselves. He said, as a community, when also integration came in. And then he was mentioning one of the schools uh, at that time period, they integrated, which was uh, Thomas Jefferson. It was a school in Port Arthur. It's not there anymore. But he said, he remember when they started integrating there. And my grandmother, you know, had to start sending, um, you know, my aunt, you know, to Thomas Jefferson when they went, when they weren't going to that school before. So all that stuff was new, all the integration also in the, like I say in the seventies is when they start pushing this integration. So I asked him, I said, well, you know, the honorable Elijah Muhammad has said that we needed to, you know, do for self, you know, stick, stick to, you know, our own thing and all of that. Well, he said that, you know, in hindsight, I will say, he said, Elijah Muhammad actually was right. He said, you know, I understand what Dr. King and then was trying to do. He said, but you know, of course we just look at it today. And he said, it's all that it just ruined us. And he said this, then, you know, we, he talked about, of course, the crack epidemic coming in. And then we also got into the question about the Democrat party. And I told my dad this, I said, dad, help me at, you know, help me if I'm wrong. I said, I'll go on my platform Monday and, and, and correct that at the time I said, I'll make sure to correct it. 
I said, but t- tell me about the Democrat Party. Have they done anything for black people in all the years that you have seen black people voting? Have they done anything for black people? Could you just name one thing that you, I, you could tell me concrete, like, yes, the Democrat party has done this, 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 and that. And this is why we vote for them so much. My father told me that the Democrat party has done nothing, has done nothing for black people. He said that they come around every two years, knocking on your door, leaving flyers and all of that, going to your church, asking us to vote for them. And he said, after you vote for them, they disappear. You never see them again until two years later. Then here they come coming back saying the same thing. He said, you never see them in the community. You don't know really anything they're doing. And that's a perpetual cycle that's been happening for a long time. So I asked him, I say, well, why haven't nobody called this out? Why haven't nobody say, Hey, what, what are y'all doing for us? He said, a lot of black people just think that's the thing to do is just to go out there and just, you know, vote because you know, the ancestors and all of that. So a lot of black people just, just do that. And I told him, I say, well, you know, dad, we want something different. You know, we want something for our vote. He said, we like either you going to give us something or we ain't doing, we ain't voting for you or we'll vote the other side. And he said, you know what? That y'all actually doing the right thing by doing that. He said, I wish, you know, this would have happened a long time ago is that we'd have been demanding something for our vote instead of showing up every two years, getting the vote and not doing nothing for us. And I told my dad, I said, look, all these other groups have came into this country. America gives them all kind of money, but the people that have been here for hundreds and hundreds of years, we don't get anything. Everybody steps on our backs to get their, you know, American dream based on our American nightmare. And he said, no, you, you hundred percent right on that. And y'all, y'all younger people, you know, y'all need to fight for that. Y'all need to keep fighting, um, speak up because, you know, do something that, you know, the older generation did not do, you know? So for him just telling me that and him, you know, just confirming, you know, just the things that we have been saying, he lived it, he's seen it and all of that, you know, we, we, we definitely on the right track. We are on the right track because these people want us to stay on the same old, same old, keep voting Democrat. Don't say nothing about it. All of that, right? Don't ask for anything. While these other groups, you got illegal immigrants out here demanding $30 an hour in New York. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But black folks don't supposed to ask for anything. And see, you know what? I'm not against them asking for anything because they have common sense to ask. They say they're doing the work. Why can't they get it? But black folk, we won't ask anything. We get mad at other people, at black people for asking and demanding something. How dare you sit up there and ask white mommy and daddy for something? What's wrong with y'all? But you know, like I said, we on something different. And that message, ladies and gentlemen, is spreading all over the place, all over the nation. We, yes, we got to deal with the, the, the raccoon class in our community. That's going to fight against that. We got to deal with those who are just getting a bag off or delivering up black people to the Democrat party for us to get nothing. 
We got to deal with the multi-million dollar economy of the uh, of delivering up the black vote. We got to deal with those people too. To me, those people are traitors. Those people are turncoats. Those people are bootlicks and everything else. They sell us down the river. You know, people like Boule Martin. You know, Sister Demetria shared with me a recent video of Boule Martin complaining about uh, ESPN going to Jack- Jackson State. Now, ESPN has never went to Jackson State. We know Deion Sanders had a lot to do with that. Well, he 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 he's up here. Instead of saying, "Okay, that's pretty cool that HBCU uh, is getting some different, you know, uh, press that they would normally get," he goes into a diatribe about how much money the HBCU getting. Old oh, black media, you knew we know Boulay Martin talking about black media, talking about him. And then he he has in the title about white validation, but then he wants Home Depot's money. <laughs> you know, you know that sort of thing. We got to deal with that the, that contingent. Him, people like Boulay Martin. We got to deal with that standing in the way of progress for black people before we can even get to the white supremacists. I told y'all that we cannot really deal with the white supremacists until we get those out of our way. Cause, cause there's a lot of black folks are holding up progress. Pookie and Ray Ray, they holding up progress in the black community. And, and, and we got to have also a conversation about that too. It's like either we going to have a, you know, stand about the Pookie and Ray Ray thing because I, I don't, what I don't like is, is, is giving cover to Pookie and Ray Ray say, yeah, but this and that. No, 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 no. Because you know what? When y'all was talking about all these other groups, you know, the, the definitely the group that, um, Kanye's talking about as a recent, you don't hear them doing that to each other on the street. Do they? No, they don't. How you can be successful in, in any kind of community when you're out here killing off your men. You can't. We got to start, you know, paying attention to more things. The things have just gotten out of hand. We know, you know, we understand the nucleus of it, but what are we going to do as a community to fix these issues and problems? Cause they can be fixed. They can be, but I, I personally feel the only way we will fix our problems unless we become extremely uncomfortable. Unless, unless the white supremacists start pulling back all those uh, protections and set asides that a lot of y'all depend on and make it rough for you a little bit. That's when you're going to shine. That's when you're going to do right. Because I said this before and I keep saying this. I'm not going to let nobody drag me down personally. I'm not. And I don't expect a lot of you to allow anyone in our own community or even your own family to drag you down personally. You know, what we, we need to do as, as black people is pay attention to what happened and then do what we can to fix it. And if we don't need the whole community to fix anything. Just like the whole community didn't fight during the civil rights movement. We just need a strong contingent of black people who understand what the issues and problems are and want to fix them and stick with it. That's it. That's all you need. And trust me, you make some headway, the rest of the community gonna have to fall in line with it. But I'm gonna keep saying this and repeat this again. We got to deal with the raccoon class in our community first, if we're gonna fix anything. Because trying to go around the raccoon class, and to me, Boulay Martin and his crowd and Pookie and Ray Ray and all of them, they are part of the raccoon class. They are. They're part of it. If you're harming black people, you will sell out raccoon.
If you're trying to deliver black people up to the Democrat party, you'll sell out raccoon. If you're trying to finesse money out of black people just so you can, you know, get a bag, but at their expense, then you raccooning up the people, man, a woman. That's the things we got to fix. That's the things that we have to, uh, want to confront. Cause we have too many people that like the sellouts. They love them or defend them. Give excuses for them. Give cover for them. How can we progress if that's the case? We understand what, where we come from, but now what are we going to do to fix it? That's always the key. And if you're willing to fix it, we got to start fixing it politically first. We got to start fixing it politically. We got to start fixing it in our neighborhoods and our cities. That's how we're going to start fixing it. If not, well, you won't have a community. You barely have one now beyond with you, but the little bit you do have, you're going to lose it. If you don't do something about it right now, today, this instant, and it starts with your politics, your politics is what's what's going to help your situation or greatly harm you. And unfortunately as black people, we've been voting in a way that's been harming us. We have these midterms coming up in, in what about seven days or so now, seven days. What what are you going to do in the midterms? That's what we want to know. What are you going to do? Are you going to continue to vote for the Democrat party? that gives us nothing, gives everybody else everything they want on your vote. Are you going to do something different? Well, what are you going to do? You know, my thing is the Democrats don't deserve black people vote. I don't care if you say I'm not voting for nobody. I'm good with that. If you say I'm a vote Republican, I'm also good with that too. As long as you're not voting Democrat. Because these people don't deserve our vote. They don't, they don't treat us right. They ain't done nothing right. The last vote we gave them. So we definitely got to make that decision for sure. That's coming up shortly. But thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Make sure you click that like button. It's very important. When you click the like button, it lets the algorithm know, hey, people liking this video, let's share this video a little bit more so some new people can see it. If you're new here, make sure you subscribe. It's very important as well. Subscribing uh, lets you know we post another podcast. So thank you for listening. We'll see you on the next one.